Hi, babes. Welcome to The Pleasure Portal, a podcast for women desiring to embody their fierce, wild, feminine magic, reclaim their deepest soul desires, and unleash the passion, pleasure, and fulfillment they know in their bones is their birthright. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant, a love, intimacy, and relationship educator and pleasure alchemist. I'm curious, has your pleasure ever been on the back burner? Have you ever felt like your pleasure doesn't matter? Have you experienced your feminine power being minimized, ignored, or suppressed? If so, this is the place for you. Because in this podcast, we're writing a whole new story together. We're a community of fierce femmes who are done with the binds of repression. We're the women who desire a pleasurable sex life, sacred connection with ourselves, and intimate partnership with another without having to give up or hide parts of who we are. We're the modern witches who until now have had to hide or suppress our sacred gifts. Together, we're unhooking from the binds that mute our greatest expression. We're dialing up that turn on full tilt. We're creating right relationship with our emotions, our power, our enchantment alchemy, and our womb wisdom. Each episode, I'll bring to you a mix of pleasure alchemy, embodiment education, love, sex, and relationship insights, and ultimately an invitation home to your fierce feminine magic. We are reclaiming it all. Down and in we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Pleasure Portal podcast. I have my friend Megs here today, and I am so excited to have this conversation with you and to share you with my audience. Um, gosh, we've we've known each other for quite some time, like yeah. a couple of years now. And I think I met you maybe through Mark. And yes, definitely. And you were teaching spin at Spin Society at the time. And I came to your classes and I fell in love with you. And I fell in love with spin. I have my own spin bike in my house now. And Mm -hmm. like you were the origin of spin for me. And I just, I love you so much. And then to watch (laughs) your progression into like starting your own business and bringing all of your intuitive gifts to the world and bringing them to life and now sharing them with your Mm -hmm. audience and with the world, I think it's just so special. And We've had a lot of parallel relational experiences. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's, I feel like there's a lot of places this conversation could go today, but I'm just so thankful that you said yes and that you are here with me today. And I can't wait to see where we go. So thank you. Thanks, Kels. I'm so happy to be here. Um, Yeah, I'm so happy you asked and that I said yes. And we've known each other probably since 2016, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like nearly five years now that's wild 2016 Mm -hmm. still sounds like a year ago in my brain right yeah yeah (laughs) just like the year 2000 seems like it was like five years ago (laughs) right yeah well I think we've all learned there's no such thing as time over the Mm. past 18 months or so yes absolutely absolutely so in before we do these podcasts, I have everyone fill out a application and like mm-hmm. just talk about what they want to talk about on the podcast. And you said something really interesting in your form, this concept of not believing or not thinking that uh, romantic love exists. So I want to start there. I'm so mm-hmm. curious and I deliberately didn't ask you about that because I, I want to be just as surprised as everybody else and like take in all of that brilliance um, mm-hmm. so please let's let's jam on that like what what do you mean by that and let's, let's go from there yeah it's perfect timing actually because um I'm having a similar conversation tomorrow over on Clubhouse, actually. So it'll be <laughs> great to see how this evolves. And I actually had nearly forgotten. Well, I had forgotten that that's what I'd written in the intake form. So yeah. it sounds a little dark. Um, and maybe it is, right? Like it, it is. is perhaps something that for me, not perhaps, it is something that I had to let die this year. Mm. Um, it really was the idea that like romantic love in the way that I had had come to construe it or to make it in my mind, right? Not even in my body, not even in my heart, not even in my soul, but in my mind, what I thought romantic love meant was that like, I would meet somebody, we would fall in love. um, And all of literally all of my problems would disappear. Like that is true. (laughs) And, you know, I'm, um, 
you know, educated and I love to learn. I've read tons of relational books. We know each other through Mark Groves, who was my very first coach. Like, you know, I'm not innocent or naive about this, but um, when I, I fell in love in, in 2019 for the first time in, you know, six or seven years. And um, I had been doing a ton of work on myself in those years leading up to this. And especially after working with Mark in 2016 and 2017, and, you know, touched on what I can call now for me personally, are like the superficial layers of relating. Um, let's just call like one of them, like attachment style. Like that is obviously a big piece of the puzzle when we're relating with other humans, but (laughs) it became superficial after what I dealt with, like in the aftermath of this relationship. So when I fell in love, I was like, here we are. This is it. My problems are about to disappear. (laughs) No girl, your problems are about to get about 1000 times worse. So welcome to the party. Um, And it just, you know, it's been, if that happened, like, without getting into details, there was a a deep soul love with this connection or with this person. Um, (laughs) And the superficial work that I did had worked, I was able to express my needs and understand my attachment style within that relationship. And I felt really good about that. But it was just like the universe was like, no, <laughs> you're doing Cute, good, but no, <laughs> you're doing good, but this is not your savior. And it, it brings me back to this, um, this quote that I really love, which is like, no person, place, or thing is your supply. You know, God is your supplier. The universe is your supply. And you are that, you know, you are the universe, you are God, or you are whoever you want to say. And, um, and it really has brought me to this place in in the, in the breakup and the, we've been separated now since October and I've used COVID as an excuse to isolate because I want to spend time with my folks. They are my bubble. And so I've just been like, okay, I'm not going to date. I'm not really going to spend time with, you know, my friends outside of Zoom calls or walks in the forest. And I'm just going to dive deep into this belief that had me really clutching and grasping at the idea that uh, a man in this case was going to come along. I was going to fall in love with them and they were going to save me. I just talked for like probably four minutes straight. So I'm curious. No, I love it. You have to say. I'm taking it all in. And I I resonate so much with what you're saying. And Mm -hmm. now understanding that's kind of the lens that you were meaning about romantic Mm -hmm. love. Like that makes so much sense to me of this collapsed idea of, you know, essentially like a fantasy relationship. Mm -hmm. Like this person is going to show up and it's just going to magically wipe all of the discomfort, all of the pain, mm-hmm. like every shitty thing that I've ever been through. It'll all be worth it because I'll never have to feel anything like that again when mm-hmm. my one true love. <laughs> yeah. Along. Yeah. And yeah. it's just not true. Mm-mm. It's just not true. Like there can be a certain degree of ease in a relationship where there is mm. quite a bit of alignment and maybe we don't have like these deep karmic codes to play out with each other. Mm-hmm. But even those relationships where there's deep karmic codes, like those are so essential. Mm-hmm. So essential. Like I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for like the woundmate relationships that I've had or those mm-hmm. karmic relationships where everything gets stirred up, like every illusion I have about love get shattered. Um, And really by illusion, I mean like the fantasies of love, you know, those romanticized fantasies. So yeah, I'm loving what you're sharing. It's so good. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's that right. And it's, it's, I'm 42. I was 40 when I met this person and, you know, consider myself, like I can take care of myself 
you know, pay my bills. And so that that's like, you know, I, I can take care of myself financially, let's say, and I'm, you know, a responsible human. I do all of these things. And so like, it's not like I expected somebody to come in, swoop in and like take care of me logistically or save me logistically. It was like this, um, I told you I was going to cry. We'll see what happens here. This um, empty, the sense of emptiness that I'm like trying to get someone else to fill, right? Like Mm -hmm. that is the, what I created in my mind about romantic love. Like I will feel whole when someone else loves me. Mm -hmm. And, and we hear people say this all the time and it never connected for me when I would hear people say like that fairy tale love doesn't exist. You know, Disney had put this idea in all of our minds that and I'm just like, I know I'd never related to those narratives that I heard right. people say until I was like, oh, you don't, you can't relate to that because you were so entrenched in that belief. Mm. Like you were you, I was deep in that belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think that whole Disney concept is such an interesting one because it is very much like this parent child relationship of like, mm-hmm. I'm incapable and like, just come and save me. And so as a woman who is such a badass in your life, of course, like, <laughs> Like, I was like, that's not me. Like, no, that's not me. Like, I'm an independent woman. I was raised on Destiny's Child. Like, come on. Exactly. Exactly. That's not me. But like on a deep emotional level, like I can relate to this too, that there are these places inside of me that whenever I have called in a relationship that is, you know, a big learning curve, let's say. Um, I'm on some level subconsciously looking to that other person to save me from myself mm-hmm. and, you know, to love me in the places where I have not been able to even open the door to mm-hmm. love in myself. Mm-hmm. And then it, it can get really messy from that place. If they, if they don't love those places, I'm like, that's your job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. It's your job to love those places, not mine. And yeah. it can spiral out of control so, so quickly. And mm-hmm. I think it's such important, you know, reclamation work to be able to hold ourselves through that and be like, okay, that makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense why I might've, at some point developed this idea that a I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy, and that I might outsource that to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then, then I'd have to play out all these relational dynamics where that doesn't actually produce the result that I'm looking for in order to wake up those parts that I have not been able to touch or wake up those parts that have been dormant in me mm-hmm. for so long and love myself to wholeness. Mm-hmm. So I love what you're sharing. So good. Yeah. And to sort of like extend what you're saying, cause that's so beautiful. Like that, that really is the dynamic. And for me, what I noticed was that he was able, like he, he loved those parts that I didn't let anybody else see before, you know, that was the, the real dichotomy of this relationship was that I had, you know, opened my heart so much over the previous sort of years leading into it. And, and so showed up, you know, more open-hearted, more ready to receive than I ever had been before. And, you know, he, what happened between us really shone a light on those, um, you know, maybe like childlike parts of me or sabotaging parts of me, you know, the, the, the inner workings of what it means to be a nuanced human, which is every human. And so he loved those parts, but I couldn't. Mm. So he was just like, I accept you no matter what. Like it wasn't him. It was me. Mm -hmm. So it was him, but it was me. Yeah. He had other stuff, but like, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. This was this thing, this, this Mm. idea that romantic love doesn't exist comes from like being loved in the way that I thought I wanted to and needed to feel whole and still not feeling whole. Still not, uh, like, I don't like those parts. How can you love them if I don't like them? Mm -hmm. 
or even acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how have you maneuvered your way through that, you know, in terms of, you know, loving yourself to this deeper place of wholeness after kind of seeing all of that be illuminated in your relationship? Yeah. So it, it helps to have, um, for me, like a team of, of people supporting me. And Mm -hmm. I truly mean in that sense, like professional people who I paid money to. Yes. And a, a community of folks who love me, like that's, that's really been part of it. And, I, you know, I say that with hesitancy, both of those things, because, you know, paying a team comes along with, you know, being financially secure and knowing even where to turn. Right. Um, and in terms of community and, and friendship, um, that took time to cultivate the, the love that I have in my life now. And mm-hmm. there was a time where I felt totally alone, not that long ago, you know? Yeah. And I, this was like a part of opening your heart, my heart a little bit more was like learning to trust the people in my life, um, whether they be my family members or my friends to hold me in this place. So, you know, you don't have to have those things. I want to say that for people who are listening, who are just like, I don't have access to either of those things, but that is, that was a big piece of it for me. And the two people who I worked with professionally, one is a trauma recovery specialist who focuses um, on somatic work Mm -hmm. and a trauma informed um, therapist as well. Beautiful. And so what they both taught me in their own ways is that like, there's nothing wrong with me. Mm. That's a really big piece of the puzzle. Like there's nothing that this person could have done differently to like show up. So you would be whole because you already, you already are whole. Um, And like that, those pieces of you that you don't like, like let's just bring them to the light Mm. and work on accepting them and, noticing like this is normal human behavior this is natural human behavior there's there's nothing wrong with you mm-hmm. and you know i know this it's it's so fascinating what we teach and what we know how difficult it can be to turn that lens towards ourselves and it's almost like well it's like a blind spot i think sometimes yeah. right and so you know, it's, it is, it has been a process of being with the grief that I had stuffed down for decades before this, probably most certainly ancestral grief that Mm. wasn't processed in anybody else's body until mine. Mm -hmm. And it's like the perfect storm of deciding not to have children, you know, not marrying early in life, uh, the pandemic. And of course him kind of like my therapist describes it like as a, um, like a dam, like I'd, I didn't, I built this Mm, dam. mm -hmm. And when um, this relationship came along and all of the things that happened within it it was like a a crack, like a big crack Mm. to the dam. And when I finally left the relationship, I tore down the wall, that dam, and <laughs> I've just was like swimming in the headwaters ever since. Just mm. swimming is a um, generous term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just say, yeah, I've I been drowning like... in the headwaters ever since. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we talked about this before we started recording, like April has brought for me a sense of like, okay, now I'm like at least going with the flow, with the direction of the water. I'm no longer fighting against it. Yes. And so, yeah, it's like, can you be with the grief that you haven't experienced or dealt with or your ancestors haven't experienced or dealt with? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's okay if you can't because like I didn't for a reason, right? I didn't have the capacity. I didn't have the emotional space. And it was like this call to the depths of me to continuously go deeper, go further, go further. Mm -hmm. You know, when we finally ended for good, which was like October 
yeah, I, my intuition was calling me like every time I would try to just like muscle my way out mm -hmm. of it, my intuition would say to me, no, get deeper, deeper. Like it was fall here in Vancouver. And I would hear this message, like you need to um, like get into the decay of those leaves outside yourself die like die was the word I was hearing and I you know I have enough capacity to know that I wasn't going to die physically I wasn't going to die a physical death but there was absolutely a need to let literally everything die mm -hmm. including my notion of romantic love mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh my gosh <laughs> even though we haven't caught up in a while I'm like well Sounds like I, you know what's been going on with me because you just told me what's going on with you and then we're leading parallel lives. So describing your life. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that whole, I've been in a washing machine of emotion. Right. And very similar experience. Like there was this, you know, destabilizing rupture that happened in yeah. the fall. Yeah. And it's been one ego death after another. Yeah. Like nonstop. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> until April came along and like and the biggest one happened in the month of March like it was just like this constant like energetic and emotional assault on my system mm -hmm. like no matter how much I was surrendering and opening <laughs> surrendering and opening I'm like mm -hmm. when is this gonna end <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yes you know and and to your point of like hearing the word die like I was hearing that come through my system more than I ever have mm -hmm. in pockets of my life and, you know, pockets of my life previously, before I had these tools, before I had this capacity, I literally thought that that meant I should literally die. Mm -hmm. And at this juncture, I'm like, oh, it, it's not a literal death. Mm -mm. It's a metaphysical, it's a emotional, it's an ego death. Mm -hmm. you know, it's an identity death, but like that needs to happen. So this next chapter can really anchor in. Mm -hmm. And so literally the month of March was just a shitstorm. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think I've cried that much <laughs> in a long time. Yeah. And this is, you know, nine months after my relationship is over and like there's, but there's pieces that are now coming to the light because I have capacity for mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm starting to piece these parts together about that relationship, but also just, you know, the way in which I'm moving forward in my life. And that has to change in terms of how I've always done relationships or how I've always done life. And, mm -hmm. you know, feeling this intuitive call to move and, mm -hmm. Like, that's scary. You know, when I moved to Vancouver, like, that was a big life change. And I feel those winds again. I feel that movement, that pulling of my intuition. Mm -hmm. But in order to really surrender and move with the current of that next phase of my life, there's so much ego death that had to happen. And these parts of myself that were over-functioning in my business that then, you know, came up in my last relationship. And I think if it hadn't, I never would have paid attention mm -hmm. to over-functioning in my business. I would have been like, oh, that's just normal. That's what entrepreneurs do. Duh. Mm -hmm. And no, like, and my body's like, no, we want to run like a female-led business. We want a feminine-led business. Like we, we don't want to be hustling and grinding and always doing, doing, doing. Like we want to surrender into the magic and create in the magic and be in the vortex and have the structure and the action and the forward movement. So like so much of my ego death was around this like hyper independence that I have mm -hmm. and not actually wanting to be like mutually met in a relationship and not wanting to be met in my relationships in general, like keeping, you know, this hierarchy or a, a difference, a space in between those connections. And it's not easy stuff to come face to face with. So girl, I feel you. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Does it, does that feel like internalized patriarchy? Like that, that hierarchy 
um, that you keep within yourself and in within those relationships. Totally. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I so think this like it all complete dismantling. Together. Yeah. Like well, totally. Yeah. I listened uh, this morning to Mark and Kai's Mark's podcast with Kai on it. Mm. that came out, I guess last week sometime and same thing. So many parallels between her experience and my experience and around, you know, sort of the same time frame. And one of the things that I really started to understand when I left my relationship in, in October was that like, I was now unhooking from the patriarchy. Um, yes. No more money. Like, like I was just like, how can I unhook in a way that like allows me to, you know, bring other people along with me. And also, cause, cause Patri I, we, we all lose within patriarchy, but it also definitely like holds us up. And especially as a white woman, I'm like at the top of that rung just under white men. Right. And so I, I was like, I got it. You know, there's, there's a way for me to unhook myself and then also help other people to come along, but I had to first unhook. Yes. And it's fascinating because I knew that's what I was doing, leaving my relationship. And I was like, just systems. I was just like, no, that doesn't work for me anymore. And nope, that doesn't work anymore for me. And these big systems, like the financial systems would be like, well, that's not really how it works. And I'm like, are you sure? Could we like, why don't we look at it a different way? Cause I think mm -hmm. we could find a solution here. That's not based in the way you think it should go. Mm -hmm. But when you bring up business, it's like, I, I was like, no, I, I no longer need, like I'm, I'm unhooking from this relationship and now I'm just going to plug in this cord to um, like an unhealthy business dynamic mm -hmm. and learn from men who say they know better from me than me. Mm -hmm. And for sure they might know more than me, but they don't know better than me. And yeah. my intuition was like, again, come on. <laughs> We're doing this what? again. We just got out of that situation. Girl, no. And I was like, it's okay. I got to make some money. Like really <laughs> freaked out about I money. Grind. I got to <laughs> grind. Exactly. And, and, you know, of course that, that ended poorly. And it, it just showed me again, like we, there is this obvious shift happening in the world away from the masculine being the, the thing that we put on the pedestal right. and the feminine, and I'm not talking about men and women, I'm really talking about those energies, like the feminine being something that we, you know, is less than that we disrespect, that we don't honor the way that it, sh that we, we ought to. Um, that's obviously happening in the world. And I, I think it's happening within ourselves too, like on a really individualistic level. Um, like, even the dynamic that you're talking about, it's like, I must, I must hustle mm -hmm. that because I'm an entrepreneur, that's how I must function. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think that, mm -hmm. I don't, that doesn't <laughs> feel right. And mm -hmm. usually doesn't garner the results that we're looking for. Definitely doesn't for me. And that was the yeah. big lesson. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I yeah. wasn't listening and I can be stubborn and I wasn't listening. And so I just went into like hyper overdrive of like, okay, there's some uncomfortable feelings here, but mm -hmm. I, and I'm being called to receive and allow support in a way that feels very uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing that, I'm just going to kick it into high gear and hustle harder. Yeah. I can do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And then seeing all of that kind of come to a crashing halt in March and literally having that dismantled within myself. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I, I can't do that. Like my body is screaming. Mm -hmm. My heart is screaming. My head, like I am having so many headaches because I'm overthinking all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. And the universe is just wanting to like literally contribute to my life. And I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. I'm smarter than you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the best part. Like, like, I'm pretty sure I know best. Yeah. Yeah. I know better. <laughs> like I got to see my arrogance in like full form, you know, and also that resistance to being held that resistance yeah. to receiving. So the resistance of the feminine principle, the mm -hmm. feminine principle is rooted in receivership. 
rooted mm-hmm. in being able to surrender, to open, to be in that creative flow, to regenerate, mm-hmm. regenerate life. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's probably why I'm stopped here. Cause like I had this intention, you know, in the fall, I'm like, okay, like this fierce feminine reclamation, like that's what's happening. And then the universe is like, all right, buckle up. <laughs> yeah. If that's what you want, that's what you're going to get. And it's not going to be like this like floaty, like, oh, let's just like, <laughs> dance around and la 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 all the time. Like, no, we've got some deep dismantling work to do. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, whenever it was, we started sort of denigrating the, the feminine principle it's, it's because it's not that, right? It's mm-hmm. not light and airy. It's because it's violent and aggressive and angry and emotional and tumultuous and scary. Like it's all the things mm-hmm. that, and we all have it, every single one of us. But yeah, of course it's not gonna be, you're like, I'm ready to receive. <laughs> and the universe is like, throws a fucking boulder on you, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, here you go. There you go. You know, it's, that's, that is the feminine nature. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's the ocean. It's yes. like, it's moving, it's tumultuous. And sometimes I think for myself, like why I like to anchor to patriarchy sometimes or to the masculine is because it, they, it certainly sounds like they have it figured out or they, are going to be solid or that it's just like black and white and like grab on kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's, yeah, just sort of giving away even more power and asking my true nature to do something that it's just simply doesn't want to do. Mm. I feel you so yeah. much. Yeah. So much. I did not think this is where we were going to go today, but I'm glad we did. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) No such thing as romantic love and down with the patriarchy. (laughs) Reclaim the feminine. (laughs) Well, seems pretty on brand for our friendship. I mean, I'm not surprised that this happened (laughs) and I'm delighted that it did. Yeah, me too. So, so good. So before we go into some rapid fire, I do have a Mm -hmm. question about, you know, the women who are listening, who are also in that same place of like having done all of this inner work and they're finally Mm -hmm. feeling open to love, but they have Mm -hmm. that fear of like, oh, if I open to love, then I might get smashed to bits, you know, because (laughs) I have all of this dismantling to do. So like, let's talk to those women because I think it's, it's a really important, you know, doorway to open if someone is, you know, open, but then also feeling a little tentative after hearing our conversation. <laughs> yeah, we're just like, good luck. Have yeah. fun. Um, you know, something that that really came to mind as you were asking was this, this, and going back to those two healers that I talked about earlier, I would say the biggest, one of the, the biggest gifts that they both gave me was a lack of, of platitudes, mm. like a real um, lack of it'll be okay, or um, it won't happen again, like, none of that. And that goes back to that acceptance that like, being a human um, is painful. Yes. And it's meant to be and I don't mean that it's meant to be hard or difficult or challenging or and it's not fair. A lot of the ways that we are, you know, um, systemically made like to feel pain. But let's, if we can widen that lens and we are opening our hearts and we've done some inner work and we want to be loved and we want to love, um, it's kind of impossible to really love without feeling grief. Yes. (laughs) Without feeling sadness. It's just, it's not possible. Mm -mm. And I'm sorry to say that, like you kind of, I have this note here uh, where I create, like just write down content and it says life hurts and dot, dot, dot. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to meet it? Are you going to love anyway? Like that's the that's the advice is like, if you're ready, do it. And, you know, 
my partner who I'm speaking of, he, he cheated on me early on in our relationship and I decided to stay mm-hmm. and work it through with him. And in the end it didn't work out and that's okay. But my, one of those people said to me, like, love hurts, like love is painful. And you have a choice to like be courageous if you want. It's not, it's courageous either way. You can stay or you can go, you can work it out or you're not like, you don't have to. And, and both requires some courage. And it's like giving ourselves the permission to love anyway, to love all parts of the people that we want to be with. Like it's, that's, it's, and it's so, um, it's so nuanced. And I guess that's, that's it. It's like, yeah, you're probably going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. And it might feel like a washing machine or like you're swimming in the headwaters of a dam. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, that's the brilliance of life. And I would not have been saying this eight months ago. So <laughs> if you're just like giving me both middle fingers like, through your AirPods at the moment, I totally get it. I mm-hmm. totally get it. But as someone who has just gone through like multiple deaths emotionally and somatically, like I can tell you that it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel the that, exact same way. Yeah, great. The last thing I want to say is that my heart is like bursting open these days. And that's why I'm crying mm-hmm. all the time. It's like, mm-hmm. even when I think of this, this person, my heart is just wide open for him yeah. because he is a human just like me. And like, there's so much love to be had and shared in this universe. Mm-hmm. Mm. Megs, I love that so much, <laughs> so much. I remember I've said this to a lot of my partners and I get a lot of kickback every time I say it, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's truth for me, which is the point of love. The point of a relationship isn't happiness. The point is the journey to wholeness. Yeah. And, you know, people who are stuck in the fantasy of romantic love or the fantasy of love or you know that parent child dynamic where we're still looking to be saved mm. that that feels very threatening that whole concept like no it's, it's supposed to just mean i'm happy all the time and i personally have found so much more pleasure mm-hmm. in my relationships of all kinds when i accept the fact that there will be times where i'm hurt by this person Mm-hmm. There will be times where I hurt this person yeah, and all of it belongs. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're not talking about abuse in terms Mm-mm. of hurt. That's, nope. that's a very different conversation. That's not what we mean. Um, but there, it, that's just human nature. Like it's human nature to misunderstand each other. We perceive life through our own lens and no two people on this planet have the same lens. So right. we're bound to have some misunderstandings. <laughs> we're bound <laughs> to have some miscommunications. And if we go in with our eyes open, our hearts open, and you know, really anchored in that truth of, yep, this, this is going to be beautiful sometimes, and it's going to be total shit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And every relationship mm-hmm. is going to end. Like Every relationship does, whether yeah. it's by choice or by death the relationship will end. Mm -hmm. And so just anchoring into that allows me space to actually love so big. Yeah. So big because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how much time I'm going to have to love this person. All I I know that I have today. So how can I love big today? Mm -hmm. And if I fucked up, how do I clean it up? Mm -hmm. And if they fucked up, how do I, you know, let them know in a way that doesn't, clamp down on love or restrict the flow of love, but still has me, you know, be in this position of really respecting myself and respecting my needs and what's okay and what's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that at the end, because we can get into this like emotional bypassy place and spiritual bypassy place when it's just like unconditional love, my heart's wide open. Like there's a reason I'm not with that person. Mm-hmm. And I still love them, but it was confusing for me because people, you know, in, in my world or the people I was following on Instagram or like, were like, 
but can you just, you know, can you just accept who he is like that? Or can you, it's like, we, we can get people a bit twisted in terms of, um, what they want to accept and what they don't. So just because we love somebody doesn't mean we have to stay. And like, that's the other mm-hmm. part of the puzzle mm-hmm. about pain and relationships ending. It's like, yeah. don't tolerate what is not an in integrity for you. Yes. Yes. And love them still. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, it's just, there's so much to say and so much nuance and I can <laughs> yeah. go on forever, but it's so to go back to our very first, your very first question, it's like, the romantic love I thought I wanted and needed, that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But love does exist. And romantic love is so special. Mm-hmm. And when we meet somebody who can meet us with an open heart and who is within our values, like we, we share values, we share integrity, we understand um, you know, what the other person's seeking and we are open to communication and being clear, like that exists. That is real. Yes. And the other stuff, it exists too, but it's not real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It'll feel real until it doesn't. So just Then it feel really real, but in the wrong way, in the yeah. way you were not looking for it to feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well oh Kelsey, thank gosh, god we can so laugh good. i mean how many times have i just been like over the past year with you like mm-hmm. help help me yeah yeah and, well, and that's it's it's tough like it's when you're going through those emotional like i think i think of them for myself as like emotional upgrades but they never feel like an upgrade at the time never. it feels like a complete pulling the rug from underneath me and like nothing I like everything I thought was true is untrue and like it's so destabilizing Mm -hmm. and so I think it's so necessary that we have sisterhood as Mm -hmm. women and we have community as people and Mm -hmm. we have brotherhood as men like I think it's just so so important to kind of get through this whole humaning thing because it's confusing it's hard sometimes but it's also extraordinarily beautiful And, you know, what you were saying about, you know, your heart feels even more open Yeah. now, like, that's the thing. Like you go in open hearted and with your feet firmly planted on the ground, like we're not floating off into spiritual la la land. Like we're rooted (laughs) in reality. We're in right relationship with reality Mm -hmm. and it allows us to, you know, walk the path, which sometimes is like a washing machine of emotion or swimming upstream or these incredible night, like dark nights of the soul. And when we come through, like our hearts are even more wide. There's more capacity to love. That's the wild part. Yeah. Like every heartache I've ever been through, like there's that temptation to close down and collapse Mm -hmm. and like wall off. But if I can open in myself, not open to someone who hurt me and not mm-hmm. accept behavior that is abusive or just not aligned for me. It's not yeah. what I mean, but like open to the pain, open to the emotion, open to the sensation, open to my body mm-hmm. and stay with it. Mm-hmm. Then when I come through it, I'm like, I can love even bigger now. Like I, yeah. like my next relationship is going to be so fucking fabulous because <laughs> Like I just have, I have more capacity and I have more roots. Yeah. It's this beautiful thing. It's like the expansion of the tree, but also the deepening of the roots. That's That's, right. That's what I kind of, that's how it feels to me at least. Yeah. I can really, I really, as someone who loves trees, that's (laughs) what it feels like for me too. It's just a ever, a never ending cycle of, of growth and, or, or even like death and rebirth and expansion Mm. and death and rebirth and expansion. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So let's, let's move into some rapid fire questions. Okay. I feel nervous. (laughs) They're, they're easy. And if you don't want to answer one, you can just say pass. Okay. I'm going to close my eyes and listen. Okay, great. Um, what is something you're celebrating in your life right now? Mm, Yeah. This, uh, this fire that I have to continue building my business and like putting myself out there digitally in all the ways that I possibly can. 
Yummy. <laughs> I love yeah. this for you. Thank love you. It. Me too. Thanks. Um, what is the greatest lesson you've learned about pleasure? That it, it exists. Like, I don't know, that sounds so existential, but like that pleasure is real. And that like, even in times of pain, deep, deep grief, that pleasure can be there still. Beautiful. What has been your biggest block to embracing pleasure? I don't really have one. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> we need more people like you. <laughs> I mean, when so it kind good. of like rolled into addiction, like that's probably mm -hmm. when we like cut it off. But uh, yeah, aside from that, there's not a lot. I like to feel good. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, what is one book or resource that has changed your relationship to pleasure or your body? <laughs> changed my relationship to my body. Yeah. Or you said? Your relationship to pleasure, like being in your body. Okay, this is, read the question again because I have an answer. I just want to make okay. sure I'm, I'm saying it right. <laughs> what is one book or resource that changed your relationship to pleasure or your body? Yeah, somatic experiencing therapy. Amazing. Yeah, who knew I was not, I hadn't felt hungry since I was about 13 until this year. Wow. Wow. Yeah, 30 years. And all of a sudden I was like, that sounds like my stomach. That feels like my stomach. I think I'm hungry. And then I would eat and then I would like, that's like satisfying my own needs, taking care of myself, be satiated. <laughs> like that was so pleasurable. Mm. That was so pleasurable taking care of myself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that came this. through trauma recovery uh, and somatic experiencing mm -hmm. one and the same for me, same, same therapist. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. Final question. Sure. If you could whisper a nugget of pleasure wisdom to 13-year-old you, what would you tell her? Oh, Lord. Pleasure wisdom. Do what feels good as long as it also feels safe. Mm. I love that so much. Thanks, me too. I'm going to put that up on my wall. <laughs> Did you catch that? It's a great Making mantra. Making sure she got it. Great yeah. mantra. I love yeah, it so much. That felt good. That was, those are great questions, Kels. Thank you. So Thank thoughtful. You. All right. So now that everyone's in love with you, um, <laughs> even though they might have given you two middle fingers at some point in the interview, they're clearly in love with you now. Um, <laughs> where can they find you? What are you up to? If they want to work with you, where, where can you make that magic happen with them? Yeah, gosh, I would love that. So you can find me all over the internet um, with my first name, Megan, not my, just my first name, my whole name, Megan Jane Suter. So that's my Instagram handle. That's me on Facebook. That's also my website. So pretty easy to find. That's a, a big shout out to Mark Groves for telling me to name my business and put myself everywhere with that name. That's great. And Right now, as we're recording this, I am taking on one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. Amazing. Right now, I work with clients for four weeks at a time for a really like an intro. We don't, we sort of dip the toe into the emotional waters of your life um, and see where we go from there. And then the other option is to work with me for six months in a, a healing journey called Your Connected Heart. And that is a six month one-on-one -on -one coaching journey and, um, and touch on all things emotional, mental or mind, body and intuition, spiritual, all through a trauma informed lens. Amazing. Yeah. I it's pretty you. miraculous. <laughs> I love my clients so much. I love coaching people so much. And it's like, I'm really in this phase now of learning how I don't know better than anyone. You know, mm -hmm. I have information that worked for me. I'm educated. 
I continue to learn and educate myself. And so I feel like more than anything now, we, we need to take our teachers, including myself off of any pedestal yes. and start to create more of a, like a dialogue rather than this, like, you know, speaking through a screen, although that's kind of what we have to do at the moment, but yeah. Um, yeah. So like, it's basically like, just like, here's what I know. And I'm trained as a healer and a coach. So it's like safe to work with me. And if for some reason it becomes unsafe, I'm trained to repair that. But it's, it's more like, here's all of my resources. This is sort of what it feels like you might want to use. And I, I really just like open my hands to my clients and guide them the best way that I can. So that's how people can work with me one-on-one. And then I'm creating a, as we record this, a self-directed course on purpose. So it's called soul purpose. Beautiful. And I believe like, as we emerge from the container that we've all collectively been in, there will be a desire for a little bit more meaning in folks' lives. And mm-hmm. what's cool about purpose is that it informs our whole life. It doesn't just yes. inform our career, which is pretty common to think, I think, for, for people. Mm-hmm. So I love teaching Soul Purpose. It's a group program that I've led for as long as I've been a coach. And um, yeah, I'm just going to offer it as a self-directed course now. Incredible. So that should be available when people are, are listening to this. Fantastic. And yeah. I mean, they'll have your website anyway, so they can exactly back in if it's not out yet or if it is or whatever is happening with it. Yeah. Oh, Megs, I love you so much. Thank Same you for health. taking the time and sharing your wisdom and your brilliance. And gosh, this conversation was so delish. I yeah, love it. really was everything about it. Everything about it. And everything yeah. about you. Aww, same. Yeah. Look at, we're just like glowing, beaming smiles. Yeah. <laughs> my face hurts you. from smiling so much. I love you. Um, yeah. My body feels really good. I felt like super excited as we were talking and, and just so grateful to, to have someone to talk to like you and to, you know, hopefully this like resonates for the people who are listening and yeah, I'm grateful for, for the work that you're doing out in the world and inviting me to join you in this, this Thank moment. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, so good. Well, anyone, if you, well, everyone who is listening today, thank you for taking the time to sit with us or Mm -hmm. walk with us or dance with us or run with us, whatever Mm -hmm. you were up to. Uh, We don't take it for granted, Mm -mm. your time investment, your energy investment. And we're just so grateful to have shared this space and time with you. And if the episode resonated with you and you feel like you want to share it, with anyone in your community we would love that if you just want to keep it for you that's great too and we will be back next week with a new episode and i will see you soon friends